What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Revenue Vitals podcast. Today, we are broadcasting live from Austin, Texas during the SaaS Talk conference. And the first person that we have on the interviews today, a, a lineup of interviews, the first one we're going to talk through is the CEO and founder of Pavilion, formerly Revenue Collective, Sam Jacobs, someone that I totally respect in the in the attitude and the mindset that he brings to business, how he's shaping uh, tons of leaders in the tech industry and a ton of different places. And Someone that I just overall respect as a business leader. So, Sam, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. I'm in the presence of greatness. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I I love it because normally we talk about like demand gen and marketing all the time, but I think we're going to spend a lot more time on leadership and mindset and culture and some of the things that are happening in the market right now. And so I think it's going to be really informative to the people that are all the people that are listening here. And so I hope so. To get started, uh, you published your first book recently, yeah? Yeah, I did. It was called Kind Folks Finish First, The yeah. Considerate Path to Success in Business and Life. It came out in November. It was briefly on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list before plummeting into obscurity uh, shortly thereafter. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure everyone should go and check out the book. But if you could give us like the one or two minute synopsis, I'm sure a lot of people would be interested to hear about it. Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the basic point of the book is... Um, it's the values and the story of building Pavilion. Uh, and it starts on Friday the 13th, October 2017, uh, when I was fired from the Muse, which was uh, the second to last full-time job that I had before working on this full-time. And um, and it was sort of the beginning of a journey. And the journey was about, in some ways, like, you know, not to be too cheesy, but like my journey of self-discovery. and And it was also about me choosing to get off the carousel of kind of startup land of, you know, venture capital backed companies, burning lots of capital, being pushed to grow at extraordinary rates, often doing so foolishly and burning out people's careers uh, oftentimes in the process. And so it was about me building Pavilion. And in the course of the doing that, sort of discovering things about business or realizing things about business that maybe I'd always known, but that I hadn't ever articulated. Namely, that there's just a different way to do business. And um, particularly now, it's not always the easiest way, but it's a, it's a process for uh, focusing on the long-term, building relationships, not transactions, looking to help other people without asking for anything in return, basically believing in karma and kindness and not doing that because you are not interested in material things, not doing that because you don't like competing and you're removing yourself from the quote unquote race, but actually a way to win the race or however you define your career ambitions and your professional goals, a mechanism through which you can actually achieve what you want, but you do it in a different way. And it's a way that probably puts a little bit more good into the world, but regardless differentiates you. Amazing. Um, I, I overall love that sentiment. Um, I want to go back to you know the process of building at first Revenue Collective and then Pavilion, um, and maybe highlight some of the like key lessons that you learned. I think as a as a CEO for as myself, um, there are I feel like there are lessons that you know because you read them in a business book, but sometimes you have to really experience both either the high or the extreme pain 
on your own to really feel and learn that those types of lessons. Um, and so would be interested to hear some of the key things that have been a part of your professional and personal development as the time of a CEO so far. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, um, we are in an interesting, uh, as we both know, you know, an interesting economy, uh, the toughest economy I think that we've all been in since the great financial crisis. So it's been, I don't know of another time uh, since probably going back to like 2009, 2010. Um, and so even the lessons that I learned building Pavilion, I am relearning today. Um, I guess a couple of the ones that emerge, you know, people say like, how'd you do it? I want to do something similar. And the first thing, which again is sort of like one of the lessons in the book is, I always say, well, do you have, you know, 10 years? I've been working on uh, the ideas behind, you know, Pavilion uh, since 2014, effectively, uh, which is many, many moons ago. And so one one lesson, right, is if you're trying to build a sustainable, durable, long-term business, you have to have a longer time horizon than next quarter, next month, next year. And that's even, again, you know, we raised money two years ago. And even though I wrote this book and, and I was sort of like patting myself on the back for all these lessons that I learned, I am relearning that same idea that you have to zoom out. We are in a difficult economy. Whatever your growth rate was in 2021, 2022, and I'm sure, Chris, that it's similar for you guys. You know, you tell, your you tell yourself a story about how great you are, but maybe that story changes when the economy changes and you have to really focus on like, we're gonna be here for a while. We're trying to build something sustainable. Um, you know, my, uh, my wife t said to me the other day, you know, she always thought, she's like, I always thought this startup stuff was nonsense. When I grew up, it took years, years and years and years to build companies, not 18 months, not 12 months. So one lesson I've learned is just to focus on the long term and put your, and again, these are just like basic stuff, right? But like, it's true, which is it helps, you, you have to, you have to love your customer. It helps if you were your customer, but you have to respect them and empathize with them because they will tell you what they need and what they want built. You just have to listen. And if you're, if you feel like, which is another way of saying, again, like all of these lessons are articulated in different ways and different self-help books. And the reason that they are is because they're, they're true and persistent. And so the fundamental thing about like capitalism, uh, at least in, you know, in the modern era and our world is that it's not about you. It is not about you. And, you know, you and me as like, you know, influencers on LinkedIn can be dangerous because we we might fall in love with the engagement and fall in love with like the followers and fall in love with this idea that it is about our special brand of genius. But it's not. It's about our customers fundamentally. It's about their lives. And the more that you are thinking about them, and that could be, you know, whatever product you're building or whatever company you're running, the more that you are focused on what is the thing that they are going through in their life and how do I authentically help them? Um, th then you're on the right track. And every time I've done that, I've, I've tended towards the right track. And literally every time I'm like, what's my ARR? And you, know, you, you need data and that's another lesson. But the more I focus on financial outcomes, financial outcomes are the result of non-financial efforts. You know, uh, And so the or at least for me, at least for me, I'm not a private equity guy. I'm not, you know, I'm not Tom Wamsgan. I'm not like, you know, cut costs and drive and juice revenue. And I'm just like this professional, you know, slow, uh, throat slitting mercenary. So for me, the money comes and the revenue comes when I'm really truly focused on helping people. 
I guess the, the final lesson that which I've really learned, you know, two more lessons and then and then you can we can you know keep talking. But so the, the third lesson is, um, and especially again in the era of free money, it's like your your instinct is to. Um, Everybody wants to be everything. You know, we all want to conquer the world. When people are cutting big checks in any form, we all think we can do everything. We can do it all. And um, and so we tried to do too many things, uh, you know, over the course of the last couple of years. And we didn't stay focused to the true atomic unit of our growth and of our happiness, which is uh, we are an executive go-to-market community. That doesn't mean we don't want to develop the next generation of talent, but we are a community for executives. And the wider we got from that, uh, the more our members sensed a lack of focus and a lack of caring for them. And so many different people, even I, I get, I talk to CEOs all the time because I run a CEO community, which of course you should join, Chris. But um, but uh, so many people, they're like, we're gonna st- we're gonna do this. They're talking about new products. They're talking about new sources of revenue. They have not tapped their existing market for their existing main product. People start thinking about new products and new efforts and new geographies way, way too early in their growth trajectory. They, you got to work backwards from the TAM. You got to work backwards from how many people are there that could potentially buy your thing. Great. Until we've reached some meaningful market share penetration, let's not, set, let's not build new stuff. And then the last lesson uh, is, um, is when you're young – and I don't mean age-wise, I mean as a company, when you're early in your growth, a lot comes from intuition and speed. A lot comes from you have the idea, you know how to get it done, let's just go. And what I have learned particularly recently, even literally this morning, I sent an email. And as soon as I sent it, I'm like, I put too many people on that email. This is not good. You have to slow down a little bit as you grow to, to your point, eight figures in revenue, you know, when you become of a certain scale, you have to slow down your decision-making a little bit when they're big decisions and you need data to inform your judgment. And there's a lot less that's based on your special brand of genius or your intuition. It has to be based on the information that you have available and a process through which you make decisions. And that's been really difficult for me to learn because I, I hate um, uncertainty and I hate indecisiveness and I crave conviction, and I crave movement. And you can't, even today, this morning, on a one-on-one with my VP of product, he's like, you don't have to be busy all the time. It's okay. And he's right. And and you have to learn how to go at the right speed so that you can move at a deliberate pace. Because frantic nervous energy, when you're north of 10 million in revenue, it causes way more harm than, uh, than, it, than it helps. All those lessons resonate so so much with me, and I'm sure with uh, with uh, many other executives and leaders that are listening to this. Um, I wanted to highlight a couple points. Um, love the the sentiment on the long game. Um, it's a core value inside of our company at Refine Labs, and I was actually pulling up some stats because sometimes in the market you can get a little you can lose perspective. Right in 2021, 2022, money's flowing, everything's going right, and then all of a sudden. 2023, late 2022, 2023 happens, and all of a sudden your business is down 20% or more. And I pulled some stats for my team to just sort of like level set. 
HubSpot stock is down 40% from its peak. Atlassian stock is down 62% from its peak. Salesforce stock is down 29% from its peak. Autodesk stock is down 41% from its peak. WPP, a leading digital agency stock, is down 34% from peak. Venture capital funding is down somewhere around 54%. Private equity is down somewhere between 77% year over year. And then when you level set and you say, oh, our business is down 20%, you realize that that's where the market is. The act, the market is declining. Um, and even if you keep the same share of the market, your, biz, your business will go down with the market and the funding. Um, and so I, I wanted to put that in perspective, both from for my company and my leaders, as well as the people listening to this podcast, is that if you're going through a tough time, you have to be able to put things in perspective and you have to be able to think long term. Um, I mean, I just just to like double click on that, like, yeah. you, like under control B, control U, you know, control I, like italics, bold, underline that sentiment because it's fucking sorry for swearing. It's, no go. We will out on this podcast for sure. <laughs> it's fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. It's hard, you know. And you attach. I'm sure, just like me, you attach some notion. Maybe it's unhealthy, but self worth. Yeah, exactly. Like, are you a loser now? No, you're not a loser. We're you weren't a genius before, and you're not an idiot now. We are. We are all connected. That the market. What is the market? We are connected as human beings. We are connected to each other. And we're all going through something difficult. And yeah, you know, maybe May Habib, who's the CEO of Writer, like, yeah, I'm sure she's she's doing great. You know, and there are outliers and the CEO of NVIDIA is doing great. And that good good for them. Mm, but um, if you if you want to sell your company tomorrow, yeah, you're fucked. Uh, I wouldn't do it. You know, you get, it's, it's our job to focus on the long term and not, not to just obsess about the day-to-day -day metrics. Mm-hmm. Another point you made was, and I just sort of reiterated with numbers, is that like the market has changed. Therefore, what cust your customers need has most likely changed. Um, would love to uh, go in a little bit with you on some of the changes that it's weird. Some people might view them as pivots or, you know, things, reactive decisions. But in reality, your customers need different things and you need to be able to react to those needs in a relatively short period of time. Um, and so would love, have you made any sort of like changes over the past 18 months since the market has changed about how your product works or what you offer or how you price and package or any other strategic changes that uh, adapt to market needs? 100%. I mean, so first of all, in a lot of different ways, I mean, we made some mistakes too. So, Same. you know, what's the biggest, literally, here's, here's a problem with, with me, you know, as a human being, which is like, and I think it's a general true for, for many human beings. We don't know. I mean, it sounds so cliche. We don't know what we don't know, right? So you see a number, you see a line that's like flat to down, slightly down, right? Or flat. And you're like, oh, that's not, it used to be going up and to the right. That line is broken. I need to, sw I need to swap something out. And then you make a change and lo and behold, the line goes steeply down instead of, uh, instead of where it was, was normally flat. So Here's an example very specifically to like my business, which is community. And there's an underlying sentiment that we got wrong. So we had these things called chapters, like a local geographic chapter. I just mentioned I'm going to Zurich to launch the Zurich chapter. Well, last year, you know, we were as we grew, we paid just a ton of money, a ton, like crazy amounts, more than like a normal rev share agreement would include to our chapter heads, to our local geographies. And as we invested in other products like learning and training, just like you guys, um, we we didn't. We felt like we were not getting the growth that we should have been getting from our chapter heads, from the local community leaders. And so, instead of like just tweaking the comp plan, 
we got rid of chapters completely. And it was based, and this is again an example of like me and my intuition and my searching for conviction and thinking that flat is broken when it actually flat in the middle of 2022 is great, right? Mm. And uh, and I'm not talking about revenue, I'm actually talking about NPS more than anything. Mm. And um, so we got rid of chapters and we had we created this new structure and it didn't make, it, it still doesn't quite resonate or make sense to our members. And they lost their local touch point and they lost their sense of connection to the local community. Um, even though we tried to recreate it, it didn't work. We did it, we didn't do it well. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a change that we were trying to make. So now we're in the middle of trying to bring back chapters, you know, and, and we're going to do it and we're going to do it in a better way. But again, it's sort of like this own goal where we're trying to react to the market. We're trying to adjust to data, but it turns out that we didn't fully appreciate. You don't need to swing from one extreme to the other. Maybe sometimes all you need is tweaks. Pricing and packaging is another great example. We're hard at work. I mean, fundamentally, right? Like <laughs> what what's the biggest change is that your customers in today's economy have less money. Mm-hmm. And so- you know, I, I don't know how many people are listening to this. I, I think we're good value, but I think we could be better value. I think for us, it's really about like, how do we add value to the offering? If we want to maintain the same price, let's maintain, let's add more. We need to add more value or we need to lower the price kind of like mm-hmm. fundamentally. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then, you know, and, and to the point, one of the areas where I think we've done a really good job is around, um, is, is around, um, uh, supporting people through transition. So we, so one of the things we did during COVID, we just maintained it. And now it's, you know, our most popular and vibrant community is called On the Bench. And so On the Bench is a community for people that are out of work. But we didn't want to create, you know, we didn't want to call it like unemployed yeah, group or something. to work. Yeah, so it's, so On the Bench just means, you know, you're, it's sort of like a reference to consulting, whether on the bench or on the beach or whatever. But, um, and that's got a couple hundred people in it. And that's led by volunteers from within the community. And, um, and then we offer 50% off if you're out of work and you want to join Pavilion mm-hmm. so that we can sort of respond to the market environment. So, and then meanwhile, we're going through like a complete wholesale re-evaluation of our pricing and packaging as we look to bring chapters back and create incentives for people. So the answer, the answer to your question is absolutely. What we're probably, it probably never feels stable enough to an employee that works at Pavilion. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I don't think it's going to feel stable for a while. Uh, you know, we had a board meeting the other uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we sent a survey to the board, and the board com- came back, and one, one board member says, uh, how the business works and what the business truly is remains somewhat elusive. And that's because I'm building a new kind of business. It, communities were also always on the side mm-hmm. of software businesses. They weren't the business itself. And I think he's right. I think we're still discovering, you know, what the business is in a lot of ways, as many of us are. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk me through uh, stability for employees. I talk to tons of people, mostly marketers and CMOs in the market who maybe feel a little unstable in their current role or even dissatisfied in their current role. Um, and then when I look objectively outside, I'm like, you work at a company that just raised $100 million. It's one of the most popular, like well-known, you know, sexy type of companies and you want to leave and think that it's not going to be like grass is always greener on the other side. Um, talk me through some of like the, the reality of the stability of employees, not, not specifically to your company to share, but just what, what you see broadly in the market. And then maybe some things that you'd recommend executives do, uh, to like to, to address it. 
Well, I think so. A lot. There's a lot there to unpack. The first thing is that a hundred million dollars in today's environment. If you just raise a hundred million dollars, you're fucked, and it's a curse more than a blessing. And why is that? Because you raised a hundred million dollars at a billion dollar valuation, or some. And as you just the, those the Salesforce being down thirty percent. That's a that's that's the top performer in the mm-hmm. SaaS world. Mm-hmm. You know. So the reality is that the equity and and we don't have to name names, but any any company that you've seen on LinkedIn that's like you know two years ago we're a unicorn now, not, they are not they are not a unicorn, and their employees uh, the the value of their equity is effectively worthless, mm. and so that that but their growth, the instability that they might feel in the company is a reflection of the mismatch between what the last investors paid, and where the company actually is from a revenue perspective, and the people that. And I was with um, such a company uh, over the weekend, uh, these two co-CEOs. And uh, the reason that they don't feel uh, – un- they feel happy and content even though they've gone through layoffs and stuff as these CEOs because they took tens of millions of dollars off the table uh, when they raised the money. So they're fine for life. Uh, their, t- their company is not. And, uh, and so there's no easy answer to that sense of instability. The greatest – you kind of have to pick your poison. You know, if relative to our valuation, Pavilion is in a better place. And uh, and I don't think you guys have raised money. So, you, so Refine's probably in a great place. So, you know, the, the companies that are doing well, and by well, it's almost like a state of mind. It's the people that have the least anxiety, that feel okay about life, mm-hmm. and that aren't transmitting panic and frantic anxiety out to their teams and to themselves – are the people that are break-even or profitable, where uh, whatever their growth rate, it's fine because they're break-even and profitable, and they don't need to achieve any specific outcome on any specific time frame. And so I would imagine that even though the market's down, and I know you've had to make some changes, that working at Refine is probably a better place to work than some of these companies that raised $100 million. Because, and I, But at the same time, I totally agree with you that there's no and especially this is true in earlier career employees where they just, everybody thinks that the grass is greener and every company is a collection of totally fucked up human beings and everything is an absolute mess. I've been at rocket ships, absolute rocket ships that felt like an absolute disaster the entire time. And they didn't have good culture and people backstabbed and gossiped and everybody was politicking. And, and that's, that's a feature, not a bug, of human beings interacting with each other in you know closed spaces. <laughs> so, I think so. So that plus, we are in the period. Uh, you know, we had. I just think what we're all feeling is the relative instability of the world. We had COVID, and that was the secular thing that had never happened before. That was totally mind-boggling and crazy. Now it was. Mm, Many, many, you know, millions of people died. But at the same time, the economic impact was blunted because the central banks of the world printed trillions of dollars and 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 propped all of us up. And we are suffering the hangover of that. And by the way, I don't even know that that was like the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. This might just be like the way it has to go. But the point is, after that, right on the he- heels of that, we're, we're coming out of it. And that's what SVB and all these regional bank failures are fundamentally about is about the mismatch between printing money and inflation and where the economy actually wasn't overheating the economy. And then you radically pull it back. It's like you're eating 
candy for years and years. And then all of a sudden you just go on like this three day fast. Like it's obviously going to have like weird impacts. And then right as that happens, AI comes around and, 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 um, you know, I don't think this is the same thing as like NFTs or the metaverse. Like this is real stuff, real stuff for sure. And, uh, and all, and fundamentally changing the number of people that you need to work at a company, the number of people you need to produce content, the number of people you need to get things done, the number of opportunities that are out there. And so, um, so what if you're an executive at a high growth company that just raised a hundred million dollars predicated on that it, it needs 500 people to get to a hundred million dollars as opposed to a hundred people mm -hmm. or 50 people. Um, the reality is that going forward, which is the reason why Pavilion exists, and this wasn't like some long-winded way of plugging my company, but nevertheless, the reality is that like your career is going to be up to you. There's got, there's not going to be, you're not going to work somewhere for 10 years unless, unless you work at a place maybe like Refine where, where it's okay, you know, and where you're trying to grow 30% a year, 20% a year, not 200% a year, or everybody's fired. So in that world where we're going to be changing jobs and there's no job security and there's constant volatility, what you're going to need, my tip is like, you gotta, you gotta have a network and, and not even a network, but I really do think you need a community. I think ours is the best, but you don't have to be part of ours. You need a group of people because you're going to need a lot of different things. First of all, you're going to need skills new and skills as they emerge and develop. You're going to have to know pretty quickly how to incorporate AI and generative AI, as, especially as a marketer. If marketers are listening to this, you know, Jasper, uh, Writer, uh, I just met with a company called Tofu, which can create like a thousand pieces of content for a campaign with a click of a button with like the briefest of blurbs, uh, including like LinkedIn ads and landing pages and things like that, like all of the assets that you would need. So my point is, you're going to have to like have skills and have a place where you're constantly getting skills like refines, you know, demand gen Academy, et cetera. Um, you're going to have to have a network of people that are helping and supporting you. You're going to have to have visibility on the jobs. And the last thing I really think you're going to need uh, is, is, um, is you're going to need to know how to make money on your own. Hmm. Uh, and I think you're going to, and again, that's why part of, part of what we're trying to do at Pavilion is we want to get people paid. Like part of the, the mistake that I made with the chapter heads is like we paying people is a feature, not a bug of a community. This, it should be a place where you can make money. We got to be thoughtful about how, but you're going to need a side hustle. You're going to need to be a consultant or an advisor. You're going to need to be, have your own tiny little agency. There's just nobody that's going to be looking out for you. Yeah. So you're going to need a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, um, what I take away from that and please correct me if I'm wrong is it's, it's more about embracing and accepting the current state of reality and the instability rather than trying to artificially correct it. 100%. Yeah. And, I, and, and again, just knowing that's where we are. That's where we're going to, like that for me, you know, again, like I'm just saying very deeply personally, mm. I, um, you know, when I drink too much uh, or when I like need to go for a run or when I need to escape, I tend to want to escape from the feeling of uncertainty, the feeling of like not being comfortable in an uncertain world and not being comfortable in a, in a state that even might be temporary, but I just want to get away from it. And my lesson as a CEO, as a human being, as a person, as a husband is like the ability to persist indefinitely in a state of uncertainty. Mm. That certainty is their exception, not the rule. Yeah. I can't look outwards for what feels good 
or reassuring. I have to be whole inside. I mean, I know that sounds like I don't know what it sounds like. It's but, amazing stuff. But that it's just it just it is just true. If you don't feel whole inside, there's nothing outside that's going to fill you up. And if you're like nervous because your company's not doing well, like do your diligence, right? Like burnish your skills, take the demand gen courses from Refine Labs, but but also know that it's going to be okay. These are your temporary states, and you got to do what you can. But you also have to be willing to exist in an uncertain world without freaking out. Yeah. Talk me through what you would say to address, you mentioned, you know, people earlier in their careers, maybe that weren't in the workforce in the 2009, 2010 type of time frame, including myself, right? I entered the workforce in 2012. What are some things that you would say to the people in that bracket um, about the current situation? Well, I'd say a couple things. The first thing is, is you know, again, um, we all... And by the way, let me just say it to myself. I'm not like sitting here lecturing to other people, you know, (laughs) like I wrote this book and like I read the, and and I'm like, You wrote it to yourself kind of. Yeah. I don't know that I feel the way that I felt in the book. Like I was so, when we raised that money and, and, you know, I took some secondary and like 2021 was the best fucking year of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, it was awesome. Same, it, it was it was awesome, <laughs> and it and I'm I'm like man, I just wish it was two years ago. Sometimes, so you know, the first thing I would say is this too shall pass. You know, like you gotta these things move in cycles. They really are. Human nature is is weird, and this is this is sort of like the emotional state of the world. It goes up and down. We're all manic depressive. You know, human beings as a species, we're up and down all the time. And we're going to be in this period of malaise for some period of time, might be longer than we want. And then, and then we will grow again and we will all. And so we just got to, we just got to make it to the, you know, you just got to exist until that point. The second thing I would say is, you know, a lot of like the discourse um, over the last couple of years is a reflection again, like every, everything is interconnected, literally everything. Right. And so, Mm The discourse about quiet quitting and about, you know, doing the bare minimum and about they didn't pay you to do that. And, uh, you know, and about, I just think it's that discourse is a function of 0% unemployment or very close to it effectively Mm -hmm. and uh, wage inflation and 0% interest rates. And you just got to understand it's a different, it's a different world right now. And, you know, maybe four day work weeks are better. I don't know, but I don't, I don't think you want to be the person advocating for that right now. Mm. Meaning like, you know, the junior employee, you got to put your back into it. There's going to be some burnout, whatever the words you want to use for work, which isn't always fun. That's, you know, that's unfortunately, and I'm not like, again, like there's all these counter arguments about like, I'm, you know, being dismissive of trauma or, or microaggressions or harassment or, you know, well, it wasn't good back then. And I understand all of that, but now is the time for people that are willing to do the work Mm -hmm. and it's not always going to be fun and that's okay. What do you think are some of the core activities or drivers to maintaining culture during a difficult time economically like this? I, first of all, uh, you know, I'd hit that back to you. Would love your answers to this, but my answers to it are 
first of all, just acknowledge reality. Try to do it with compassion. And try to focus. Like, you got to acknowledge it's a, there's a balance. As with all things in life, judgment is required, right? And uh, there's a balance between acknowledging reality and being so such a downer that, like, every all hands is a fucking buzzkill. And there needs to be some, some, something, something in the middle. Mm -hmm. You can't tell people things are going amazingly well if they're not going amazingly well. But you also can't put up a dashboard every single week that has a bunch of red on it and be like, all right, well, that's the dashboard. I think you got to figure out like, and part of that is, again, in this, again, mostly as in, in life, but also in this conversation, I'm talking to myself. Yeah. I'm not like lecturing anybody else. So the point is that um, what are, are your benchmarks correct, right? You're like, oh, we were supposed to grow 30% and we're only growing 10% or we're flat, you know? That must be bad. That must be bad. Or we're down 10%. That must be terrible. No, it's not. No, it's not. And that's my, my fault too, you know? No, it's not. If we have a down year right now, Pavilion, you know, is up a little, well, we're up like 25% actually year over year, but, but the trend is not that the trend is mm. flatter is flat, basically mm -hmm. um, flat to slightly down. Right. Same. And it's like, okay, well, if it takes 20 years to build a company and there was this one year, 2023, and maybe two years, 2024, where you were slightly down and then you grew again. Is that so are you a bad, you, you got to just contextualize it. Like what's the bench? It's what you just said when you read off those stock mm -hmm. charts. It's like, we got to give people the right benchmarks and the right framing. Because if you're constantly like, well, we, you know, in 2021, we grew 4X. It's like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. And, you know, tell Jerome Powell to lower interest rates back to 0% and we'll grow 4X again, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, in short, compassion, authenticity, and the right framing. Because success in a down world is different. Yeah. Success is survival. I, I, I love the sentiment of like, if there's a 20 year period and we have one down year, um, does it really matter? Um, and I sometimes like looking at like the sports analogies, right? Someone that has an amazing career, 20 years long, might be lucky to play in a couple of championship games and might win one championship if they're lucky, which means that 19 out of 20 seasons, they lose quote unquote. That's what Gianna said in the in the. Did you see that press conference? I didn't know. He said exactly that. They said, you know, Gianna's plays for the Bucks. The Bucks lost. I think they lost to the Heat early mm -hmm. in the NBA mm -hmm. playoffs, and they were the number one seed. And the reporter said, "Do you view this season as a failure?" And he said it in his inimitable way. And he's like, "Michael Jordan played for 16 season. He won six championship. Does that mean that the other nine season were failure? No. Mm -hmm. They are steps to success. They are steps to success." That's exactly, that's, it's hard. It's, it's so hard, hard to believe so that in hard. your heart, but that is the truth. Yeah. Man, like I, I'd love to keep going, but that was such a great way to end. <laughs> so um, maybe we close out here, Sam, this has been amazing. Uh, great learning for me. I also love doing these in person, just like the energy and the flow is uh, so superior to virtually, and it's great to meet you in person. Yeah, so likewise. Let's have some chats I'm after. A, I'm uh, a huge fan of what you guys are doing, and um, love your content, and uh, and love your ideas, and and also just 
rooting for your success as a as a as a as a great company. So yeah, right back at you, man. Thanks, Thanks. for being here. Yeah.